In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. This evening we begin our Advent sermon series called Shadows of the Incarnation, Ideas and Thoughts Put Together by Your Pastor and Your Vicar. You're going to be hearing about the burning bush, the budding rod, and the promised sun. But tonight, you'll be hearing about the rock hewn without human hands. This strange prophecy of Christ that of all places, our God placed into the dreams of a tyrannical pagan king. It might serve you to recall just a little of the history that Daniel was among the first exiled into Babylon. This would have been around the year 605 BC, the temple being destroyed just some 20 years later in 586 BC. Daniel and many of the young up-and-comers were taken into exile in Babylon to become part of the king's cabinet. He took the smartest, brightest, and best. There they would undergo three years of training and become advisors unto him. But there was a sense in which this king is a kind of antichrist or anti-king. How so? Well, the biblical narrative focuses its spotlight on four youths. The first being Daniel, the second being Hananiah, the next being Mishael, and the fourth being, uh, let me see, Azariah. Almost had them all. Daniel, you recognize. The other three names, you might not unless we translate them into their Babylonian names, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You see, this king would take the Israelites with their names, uh, Hananiah for Yahweh, Mishael for Elohim, Azariah for Yahweh, and he replaced their names with names having to do with the Babylonian religion, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But perhaps most obvious of all to our ear would be the name given to Daniel, named after their chief god, Bel. Thus, Daniel is given the name Belteshazzar. So he gives them a name based off of a false god. Furthermore, he, this king invites them to his table where he serves them foods contrary to the law, foods that would defile them. This king also is clearly murderous, as we see and as we'll explore more in a moment. But he is also called the king of kings. We know who properly bears that title. And thus we see this king of the Babylonians, Nebuchadnezzar, as a kind of antichrist and anti-king. Now, Nebuchadnezzar had a series of dreams, one of which stands out in focus. There's more than a hint that Nebuchadnezzar is fed up with all of the wise men in his country, 
who seem to be telling him whatever he wants to hear and or unverifiable nonsense. Thus, when he has a dream, he doesn't come to them and say, let me tell you the dream that you can interpret it. He says, rather, I want you to tell me what I dreamed. If you can do that, then I'll trust your interpretation. And if you can't, I'm going to put you all to death. But unfortunately, that included those four youth, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who were in about their second year of the three-year training before they would stand before the king as his wise men. Which, by the way, this influence that Daniel ends up having in Babylon, particularly at the end where he's made second in command over Babylon, is where the gospel and the true faith in Yahweh spreads throughout this pagan land. And in all likelihood, this is where the Magi come from, looking for the Christ who we have prophesied in the tyrant king's dreams. Obviously, when the king says, tell me my dream and interpret it or die, all the pagans are set in panic. When Daniel hears this, he sets an appointment with the king. He gathers Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego together, and they all begin praying that God would reveal to Daniel what this dream is and what its meaning is. God answers their prayer, and Daniel is able to tell the king what his dream is. It consists of a giant Colossus, a huge multi-storied stone statue of an image. And the head is made of gold, the chest and arms of silver, the torso and thighs of bronze, the remaining part of the leg iron, and the feet iron and clay. In the interpretation, this is four different nations. And many interpretations of those nations vary somewhat. My personal favorite is that of John Gerhard, one of the three great Lutheran theologians, along with Luther and Chemnitz. Gerhard says that these four nations are represented as Assyria, which includes Babylon and Nebuchadnezzar, thus Daniel saying, you are the gold, followed by Persia, Greece, and Rome. In other words, Rome being the iron legs and the iron and clay feet, which the stone hewn without human hands strikes. And indeed, it is this relatively small stone that strikes the feet of the Colossus And in the dream, it all begins to crack from the feet all the way up until there is nothing left of the Colossus but dust blown away by the wind. Who is this stone hewed without human hands? Daniel further tells us that this stone not only shatters the world powers, the pagan powers, but then this stone in the dream expands as a mountain until it fills all the earth. 
And through this stone and through this mountain, God establishes a new kingdom that will remain and endure forever. In other words, in the womb of the virgin is a little stone hewed without human hands, or as Luther said, made without human hands, incarnate of the Holy Spirit by the Virgin Mary, by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary. And there in the womb, a little stone that will shatter the satanic powers of this world. And that little stone then growing to a mountain, and we might think of the Mount of the Lord, not only the place of his death, whereby he provides salvation for us and for all the ends of the earth, but that Mount on the Lord upon which his death is glorious and becomes a feast for all peoples. His kingdom is established over and against the kingdoms of this world. And what that meant for Daniel and what that means for us is that it doesn't matter which political power is in place. It doesn't matter which tyrant is raging today or which tyrant will be raging tomorrow. Our hope is in this little insignificant stone that shatters all earthly powers in due time. In this mountain and rock upon which our feet can finally have some solid ground. And it is this king who takes us and does the opposite of what Nebuchadnezzar does. He takes all of our ungodly names and attaches his own name to them, baptizing us in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And he invites us as friends to be catechized, and to come to his table, but not to eat food which defiles, but rather precisely the opposite, to eat his true body and blood given and shed for the forgiveness of our sins. It is this king who does not threaten lives of sinners, but rather lays down his own life for sinners. It is he who is crowned in thorns, who is truly king of kings. And so we see what God prophesied, even through the dream of a pagan king, coming true in Christ our Savior, in Christ the godly king, who invites, Christ the godly king, who invites the ungodly to dwell and to dine with him forever. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.